When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with Mike Mack. He's back despite all the flack and his whack attack, which got shellacked by the pack. What does this mean for Dak? Do they cut him the same slack or take him to the rack after he lacked the knack in that whack loss in their shack? And then pack a snack as we yak about which star puts the team on his back. One will have the inside track to the Mac, while the other might just blow his stack. All that and a whole lot more as we get up with you on this Thursday morning. Orlowski, come on. I can't get, I can't oh, do it anymore, man. Greeny. I am ashamed no. to tell you how much time I spent on that. I actually Googled worms, words that rhyme with you back. You are our Curtis Blow. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. Curtis Blow and rap. I mean, that's Curtis exactly right. Well, he wrote the original rap of basketball. It's a whole other conversation. We'll teach you the history of rap at some point a little later this morning. We must begin, however, with the You're future of the Dallas Cowboys because it is going to look a lot like the past. The coaching news is this. Mike McCarthy back as coach in Dallas for the 2024 season. He will go into the final year of his contract unless they extend it. McCarthy's return coming on the heels of losing 48-32 to the Packers in the wildcard round. So McCarthy is now 1-3 in the postseason in Dallas coming off three straight 12-win seasons. Jerry Jones releasing the following statement. There is accountability for our results. I am accountable for our results. The lens we use to view and evaluate Coach McCarthy is holistic. While we're all disappointed with the result on Sunday and with our playoff record, I am 100% supportive of him as our head coach and our ability to reach our goals. So that's what Jerry Jones said. We're going to hear what everyone here says. And we're going to hear what Adam Schefter knows, which is first and foremost, as always. Shefty, take us through this. There was so much speculation over the last three days. How did Jerry Jones arrive at this decision? Well, Greeny, with each day that went by without a decision, that told you more and more that the Cowboys were not going to go in a direction in which they would be firing Mike McCarthy. And there began to be whispers about it the last couple of days that Jerry would not be making a change. And I think he made it readily apparent in a couple of things that he said yesterday. Number one, he believes in continuity, stability, and that Mike McCarthy has the highest winning percentage in the regular season of any coach in Dallas Cowboys history. That statement stayed with Jerry Jones. And he talked about the fact that it was not just Mike McCarthy that deserves the blame for Sunday's loss against the Green Bay Packers. It was Mike McCarthy, it was the rest of the coaches, it was the players, it was the front office, and Jerry Jones said it was himself. So all of them played a role. And as Jerry Jones thought about all of that, and thought about the record in the regular season, and thought about the blame that everybody shared, shared in Sunday's disappointing loss, 
for the Green Bay Packers. He ultimately decided that change at this point would not be a good thing. He's done this before. He's had Jason Garrett enter into the last year of his deal on two separate occasions when he was the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Now, Mike McCarthy is scheduled to head into the last year of his contract, which obviously brings a whole other set of issues. But the fact of the matter is Jerry Jones believes in the end that this team is better with Mike McCarthy than it is without him. And, and so, Shefty, this is a circumstance where there are two separate things. There, there are two things going on on parallel tracks. Because there's A, there's the decision of whether Mike McCarthy is the right coach for the team. And B, as we have repeatedly said, this is a very unusual year. This is a year in which Bill Belichick is a coaching free agent. This is a year in which Jim Harbaugh very much appears poised to finally come back to the NFL, which we've been waiting a long time for. It is worth Mike Vrabel's name also gets thrown around out there. Is there any way of knowing or wondering aloud whether or not any of those any of the tires were kicked on that by Jerry Jones before he made this decision final? Yeah, he did not kick the tires on those coaches, to the best of my knowledge. Now, is it possible that there's some clandestine call that I did not hear or know about? Yes, that's possible. But to the best of my abilities, Green, I don't believe that Jerry Jones reached out to these coaches and tested the waters and kicked the tires, however you want to call it, to see whether they would be interested in becoming the Dallas Cowboys head coach. I think he was deciding on what to do with Mike McCarthy singularly, and he made the decision that his team was better off. I don't believe he reached out to Bill Belichick and had conversations. I don't believe he reached out to Jim Harbaugh and had conversations. I don't believe he reached out to Mike Vrabel and had conversations. And the truth of the matter is, despite the fact that Sunday's loss was so poor and so embarrassing and so disappointing, there's been talk for a long time about Dan Quinn on the mm. Cowboys staff and whether he could one day succeed Mike McCarthy. Well, interestingly enough, today Dan Quinn is interviewing with the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. He's scheduled to interview tomorrow with the Los Angeles Chargers. This comes after two more interviews on Wednesday. So it certainly looks like while Mike McCarthy is poised to be back, Dan Quinn, despite the performance on Sunday, is on track to land one of these head coaching jobs and surface in the NFL next season away from the Dallas Cowboys, which will be another blow for this organization to absorb with the role that he had on that defense and within that team. Yeah, I, I knew all those things because I read them on your Instagram page this morning, and I immediately, <laughs> I immediately made an angry comment. I, I made an angry comment about all of that from about about Dan Quinn. Okay, so Dan, the decision is made. They're bringing back Mike McCarthy. What is your reaction? I think it's the wrong decision by Dallas. We'll find out next January who's right. I want to touch on two things that Shefty mentioned, that Jerry Jones said, well, Mike McCarthy's got the highest win percentage in the history of the Cowboys for a regular season. Stop right there. Don't talk to us about Super Bowls anymore then. Don't feed us this lie that there's nothing on planet Earth that you'll do more than try to win a Super Bowl. You, you are literally keeping a coach, and in your words, because he wins in the regular season. He doesn't win in the playoffs, certainly not with you guys. The second thing is, well, Mike McCarthy doesn't deserve the blame. Well, then who does? If, if you just witnessed and watched one of the worst playoff losses in the history of your organization, an absolute collapse, where does the blame fall? You're going to tell me it falls on the roster or the front office? You have 15 Pro Bowlers. 
You have an offensive player of the year. You have a quarterback at MVP. You have three pro, bowl, pro bowlers on your offense. You have one of the best young tight ends in football. You have a defensive player of the year candidate in Micah Parsons. It falls on the front office? So it, who is going to get the blame for this whole situation then? My, at the end of the day, again, I think it's the wrong choice. We'll find out next January. Jerry Jones, please stop talking about Super Bowls. You really aren't chasing Super Bowls. You're chasing comfort. That's why you kept this decision. And the third thing is this. With that decision, this better be the most aggressive offseason in the history of the Dallas Cowboys if you actually want to change the narrative around you. What, what do they need to do? What do they need? You just pointed out how many great, how many good players they have. Right. In so many. Different what do they places. need to do? What do they need to do? Yeah, number one, scheme on offense better be versatile enough where you can win in multiple ways. Okay. Number two, you got to figure out who's going to be your defensive coordinator. It's going to be Dan Quinn or somebody else. Right. And you better figure out a way to stop the run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let, let's keep it honest about this defense. Against winning teams this year, against winning teams this year, this defense gave up 30 points a game. So you, you better build up the defensive unit. Yep. Three, you better hire somebody that can handle clock management because that came a story. And then you're going to have to extend Dak Prescott. You need a second tight end. You better go get a running back because Tony Pollard's going to be gone. you got to figure out right tackle. You need defensive tackle, defensive tackle, two inside linebackers, resign Micah and CeeDee Lynn. That's it. Outside of that, they're in Outside of that, they I'll just Mrs. Lincoln. Harry, rea- Mike McCarthy, back. Your reaction is? Well, first thing it says to me that Jerry Jones is comfortable. And I was always taught you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's not the situation, in my opinion, when it comes to Jerry Jones. And to a, to a degree, you understand it. But when you talk about winning Super Bowls, you can't understand it, right? Mm-hmm. This is an organization, this franchise is worth eight or nine billion dollars. Well, that's my point exactly, Dan, because this move tells me that. When you look at the coaching candidates that are available right now to you, and, and Greeny, you just mentioned it. Bill Belichick, he won six Super Bowls. You look at Mike Vrabel, he's able to define an identity, something that the Dallas Cowboys definitely need to figure out uh, offensively and defensively. And then also when you look at Jim Harbaugh, he's a guy that's been able to have success building a program in which we watch him do at the University of Michigan and winning a national championship. And he had instant success when he was with the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers. So those three coaching candidates alone, in my opinion, are upgrades over Mike McCarthy. I understand he's won 12 games and went 12 and five the last three years. But are, we're, are we satisfied? Are we comfortable with the regular season? Or are, are, and are you trying to win a Super Bowl? Because that eight, nine billion dollar franchise, if you win a Super Bowl, I would say it would be worth probably what? $14 million if you win a Super Bowl? That, that, that's just my opinion. And, and I agree with Dan on the roster. You got a lot of holes you got to fill. Kmart. So I thought you made a great point about we will see in a year who's right. I don't think you just make changes to make changes. But when I hear Adam Schefter say, to my knowledge, I don't think Jerry even tried to find out if Belichick was interested. To me, that's a mistake to just see. Because I think if you're an owner, you have to do whatever you can to make sure that I am exploring every avenue to improve my roster, my coaching staff, or my quarterback. It, you can say what you want about, there, there are questions about every facet of this team. Now, if you're gonna fire Mike McCarthy, you have to have a clear cut plan of what you're gonna do next. And I don't think Jerry looked at this season at any point and thought, I'm not gonna have Mike McCarthy. So mm-hmm. when the wild card game happened, I think he was stunned and there was no thought in his mind of like switching gears. But the question of, you know, yesterday before the news came out, and I'm thinking about, would it be a mistake if they kept McCarthy? 
I think it's only a mistake. I thought it was only a mistake if Jerry had any doubt that McCarthy could win him a championship. And if, if what Troy Aikman said on the Stephen A. Smith show, when he said, I don't know if, if Troy said something like, I'm not sure if Jerry at his age would want to go through another regime Starting change. over again, yeah. That yeah. is not an answer. Right. <laughs> that cannot be it. So to me, it's almost like a marriage where it's like people aren't happy. You're, you're not sure if this is going to work, but it's easier to stay in it than to, to embrace the unknown. And that, to me, is the worst thing. Don't want to give everyone the impression that everyone disagrees with this. Cindy, let's put Mike Tannenbaum's tweet up. I, I'd like and Greg Olson, I know, is on Twitter very much defending this after he did on the broadcast the other day. Mike Tannenbaum thinks it's the right decision. Mike T tweeting, this is the right decision. It's incredibly hard to win. 36 regular season games in three seasons. With that said, he needs to significantly improve upon his clock management, but his overall body of work is deserving. Yeah, now, you know again, what's hard too? Yeah. Get your absolute doors blown off at home. Like that's hard too. Like we we have to. I, I I don't understand. I don't understand. While everyone continues to take that one snippet and said, "Well, he's won 36 regular season games." Of course, their roster is for the most part loaded. They're also 13 and 15 versus teams that end the season with winning records. So which number do we want to spin to make the story that we want? No one is saying he can't coach. No <coughs> one is saying that they weren't a good team. What we're saying is you're settling for just that. What we're saying, what we're saying is how can you watch what happened on Sunday? You were a massive home favorite, and you got embarrassed and mainly because of coaching. Yes. Yeah. That's the point. And we, we talked about, and Shefty said it. He, he wrote it in a piece the day be, the season ended, which was they're going to judge based at least in part on how the season ends and how their last game looks. And their last game looked just awful. awful. And I totally agree with you yeah. that it was, okay, hold on a second. I, I got people in my ear. Stop. I'm going to 20. Uh -oh. All right. I'm not, I'm not going to a break. They're telling me to go to a break. I'm not going to a break. I got Adam Schefter. I'm not going anywhere. Shefty I may lose it. Shefty. Make it make sense. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Shefty, you, you told me. I re, I, everything, you, I, I, lean on, I, I, I lean forward with every word you say. You said that it was a known fact that Jerry Jones was going to judge his decision based on how his season ended. His season couldn't have ended worse. His team had circles coached around it on Sunday by the Green Bay Packers, who had no business is embarrassing them the way they did. That is the part of this that is not adding up to me. Well, what happened is there are people that said that in the organization, out of the organization, and I think in the end, when push comes to shove, Jerry Jones just didn't feel comfortable going into the unknown, and ultimately mm. he decided, we're going to stand pat. And you can't look at this team right now and say that it is trending to be in better shape, better shape next season, than it was this season because of all the issues that we just laid out, all the questions that this team must address this offseason. You have to pay Dak because he's in the last year of his contract. Got to pay C.D. Lamb. Got to pay Micah Parsons. Can't afford to keep everybody. Have all those pending free agents. Probably going to lose Dan Quinn. There are so many issues to address. But ultimately, Jerry Jones made the big decision in regards to the first main significant one. We're not making a coaching change. I'm going to stick by Mike McCarthy because of what he's done in the regular season because we all hold some blame for what happened Sunday, and we're going to see if we can get this right and run it back again. For me, when I look at this football team, Dio, you, you answer this question if you can, right? How are you going to win a Super Bowl if you, A, can't run the football, and if you can't, B, stop the run? You can't. 
How is it going to happen? Yeah. You can't. It's very simple. Today, five, six years ago, you could. It's a different NFL. You can't. And that's why I said, let's, let's have a conversation about their roster, okay? So you're going to extend Dak Prescott because you have to. Right. Okay, so then are you going to pay CeeDee Lamb? He's, he's going to demand. You have to. He's the, best play, he's the best player on their offense. Then who's going to play right tackle? Because right tackle is then going to be a question mark. That this, this Maybe they might, can bring Damian Woody out of retirement. This, this <laughs> offense has got to find different ways to beat you. When it was perfect and they lived in utopia, they could roll. But that's not what the playoffs are. They got exposed. And the defensively, they have a seven-on-seven defense. They have a seven-on-seven defense. Listen, I I want everyone to to focus on what Shefty just said. I'm going to rephrase what Shefty just said. The best Cowboys team that we're going to see for a while was the one that walked off that field on Sunday. They are going to get worse, not better. No, I don't agree with that. You don't get better by paying $100 million to three players this offseason and not adding anyone new to the mix. They are, by definition, going to lose players. Dak Prescott's going to get paid a whole lot more. CeeDee Lamb's going to get paid a whole lot more. Micah Parsons is going to get paid a whole lot more. That means you're not going out and adding half the people you just said they need to go out there and add. Their window was this year, and they blew it. And no, they blew it in I, large I, part I, I because their that. coaching was horrendous. I disagree with that, the window is closed type of thing. This year, this next 12 months from now, this is the year. Because after this year, all those young players will be up yep. at some point, And it will be a total rebuild if they don't get it done. I'm talking complete total rebuild. This is the year. That's why I said this has to be the most aggressive offseason in the history of their franchise. They got to go study what the Rams did with F them picks and figure out how to do that. They got to figure out what the Saints have done with pushing the cap, all that. They have to go completely all in and make it very publicly clear this This is going to be a disaster in a year or two when it comes to, like, having to pay it forward. But we are all in this year. They're going to have to figure out picks and money, all that stuff. I don't think it's done. So I I agree with you. I don't think – I think the Cowboys are are still close to winning a Super Bowl. That said, what you're describing, Dan, is almost a change in philosophy, it feels like, because we talked about, okay, what are the moves that the Cowboys can make in free agency, in the offseason, but also in season, by the trade deadline. What can they do? Running back, are they going to add somebody? Like, what are, what are they going to do? And they didn't do anything. So when you look at the Cowboys and you're saying they need to go all in, I'm with you. But Jerry Jones, this move, keeping McCarthy, is in line with how he sort of operated with yeah. his head coaches. Right. Now, are you going to expect them, that Jerry Jones then changes his philosophy and says, oh, we're going to be uber aggressive? He clearly thinks but, this but team is close. Is he clearly thinks, but here's the thing. Jerry Jones, who owns this team, thinks that they are on the doorstep of a Super Bowl. It, at least that's what he's saying. Yeah. Because his actions are, are, are dictating, I think we can run this back with this quarterback, with this head coach. Oh, yeah? So, so Whose quarterback and whose head coach would you rather have right now, Green Bay's or Dallas's? Green Bay. It's not even worth talking Green, about, I, I, right? I'll give you Green, Green Bay. Bay. It's not even worth and talking their running backs and run game. I mean, I'll give you Green Bay. I'd give you Detroit. I'd give you San Francisco. I'd give you the Rams. Give me Minnesota. I bet you Washington hires somebody really good and gets really good fast. That, that was my point on Monday. We're just going to sit here and float and know that we're going to go into next year at a deficiency. In, but in fairness to Mike McCarthy, I imagine if I'm Mike McCarthy, I go into that, uh, to that meeting with Jerry Jones and I say, for much of the season, Dak Prescott had an MVP season. First year in my offense, me and Dak. Imagine what we can do next year. Like, but, I, but, it, but it just can't be that because the, the last three playoff games that you played, 
and you lost. Look at the makeup of those football teams. They're balanced offensively. They beat you with the run and the pass. You can't be one-dimensional and think you're going to win a Super Bowl. Shefty, give me a final word. You know, all season long we talked about this is the Cowboys' best chance to get back to and win a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott, MVP. They are loaded. All season long, so much positive Cowboys talk. They played a terrible game Sunday. They played it at the most inopportune time. That's our lasting memory of the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe this team is better than we all think, despite the fact that it crashed and burned on Sunday. Maybe. Maybe. But the only thing, I'm not suggesting Mike McCarthy is a bad coach. I'm not saying any of those things. What I'm saying, and there's a lot of debate as to whether or not Albert Einstein is the one who said this or not, but either way, it's true. Sometimes you can define insanity by doing the same thing over and over again and hoping the results will be different. Sometimes change for change's sake is a good idea. Shefty, stay close by. We need much more from you uh, as we continue to debate this. Now, how about that guy? I mean, is, is it a fait accompli that Dak just continues? They re-sign him and there's nothing else to talk about? If so, they are genuinely just running it back. We will dive into it. And then, oh, yeah, how about the Cowboys' arch rivals? Is Nick Sirianni's job safe? One Eagle had strong words of support for his coach. Shefty will have the very latest on that as we continue. Don't move. It's Get Up on ESPN. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Get Up is brought to you by Walgreens. Before we get back to all the football, quick look at this. LeBron James last night multitasking as only a parent can. Steady diet of, you know, plays, whatever they, they'll, you know, they'll get a, a rhythm for that. So um, it's good. Pull it. Sorry. <laughs> Pull it. Shoot it. Oh, good pass. Catch the <laughs> ball, man. How, how is Barney looking in that game? Um, he's doing well. How's USC looking? They've been better. Shoot it. Um, as long as we make shots for them, then you know teams will stop doubling them. So it's 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 our it's our job to make sure we're in the right position. Shoot it, <laughs> Danny. That's, that's you, awesome. right? That's, that's you literally on the sideline. I'm what, either coaching or watching my kids. Shoot the ball. That's great stuff. Oh, good pass. That is good. That was the one thing about my son when he played. But you never have to tell him to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> See now. 
day, so many. There's like one kid on every team that shoots it every time. That was my kid. The kid is scared to miss. That was LSU, Stevie. You know it was true. Coming up, another chance for Mike McCarthy. Did Jerry make a mistake? Shefty has got all the details next. Shoot the ball. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we are back at the bottom of the hour. Get up on ESPN. The huge coaching news yesterday. Mike McCarthy will return. We're in Dallas for 2024, the final year of his contract. We've talked at great length about it this morning, and Adam Schefter is with us live. In the meantime, yesterday on this program, Marcus Spears was talking not so much about the coach, but about the quarterback. These are the situations where everybody's like, bro, we don't know who you are when you get here. Can you raise the level one or two times? Because that's what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. We see interceptions for pick sixes. We see a blank stare on his face like he don't know what is going on. It looks like the moment is too big for him. This is a, a consistent now response from Dak Prescott when he gets into the playoffs. I want to make sure everyone understands the context of that conversation. Before the season began, Marcus Spears was sitting in that chair with me yeah. one day, and he said to me, gee, I don't care what happens in the regular it's season. About, it's about moments. Yeah. It's about when we need it most, is he there to do it? And so no one disputes that Dak Prescott had a great year. Three weeks ago, he was the MVP of the league. He's probably going to finish second in the MVP voting or someplace close to that. No one is disputing that. But once again, when they needed it most, he came up small. And, Dan, that is – that at this moment, until he changes it, and I hope he does because I like everything about him, but until he changes it, it, that is the narrative. Well, until Dak changes it, the only word that's going to be associated with him is but. He's really good, but. He, he's really good, but when they have to have him play his best game against the good team in the biggest moment, he doesn't get it done. And, listen – Dak Prescott is a good player. He has moments when he's been a very good player. The last three playoff losses that this team has, has suffered, he has played poorly in all three of those games. He's got five interceptions in those games. He's taken 10 sacks in those games. It just has not been good enough. Don't talk to me about Tampa Bay last year. My eight-year-old daughter would have carved them up. So, <laughs> th there is this problem in Dallas right now where they have to figure out why can a player be so good for such a long period of time, and then when it gets to that moment, shrink. They got to figure that out because until they do, the word that will be associated with them is but. 
Yeah, I agree with Dan. At, at this point now, you got to figure out how you can get Dak Prescott to elevate everyone around him in the biggest moments. And it's not going to be about the regular season. And, and for me, it wasn't this season. It's going to be about what can you do in the playoffs? What kind of brand of football can you play? Can you play good football? Because, Dan, it was just some uncharacteristic things I've seen against the Green Bay Packers. And it was right. troubling to see because when you looked uh, on the opposing team sidelines and you see a first-year starting quarterback in Jordan Love like and the way he was handling things, yeah. it, it, it can be upsetting if you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. But that first interception, I don't know why he didn't throw the football to C.D. Lamb. The right. second interception, why would you not go to the outside receiver who's one-on-one when you see that same to come down and try to take anything away from the middle of the football field. It's just inexcusable. And it should have been a third one. But Devondre Campbell dropped, dropped that one in the, in the end zone. So I agree with both of you, but I'm going to push back on something you just said, Harry. You said it's about got to get Dak to play in those moments in the playoffs. It's about, it's about the playoffs. Well, clearly it's, it, it's not if you're Jerry Jones because right. the numbers are the numbers. Like he is a very good player, I, but he's two and five in the postseason. When you look at this team, right. you, you're waiting for this, but Jerry has, has confidence in him, and they will extend him. So, so you could say it's about, it's about the playoffs, but all the decisions that they've made thus far. Well, I'm saying in, in reference to winning a Super Bowl right. and advancing to at least an NFC championship game, I, he has to be better in those yes, moments. I have limited yes, time with Shefty, so let, let me get back Sorry. to him here, and then we'll have the rest of the morning to debate all this other stuff. Shefty, just quickly to, to sort of close the button or, or the loop on the DAC of it all. What there isn't any question well, of is that a quarterback co- of his quality, you're going to re-sign him. I mean, th- th- these, there aren't more than five guys better, definitively better than him. He's going to get the massive contract, right? Well, they have to do something to create cap space because right now he's scheduled to count for over $59 million against the right. salary cap. So if you want to have him go into the last year of his deal and then be not tagged and be able to leave in free agency, then, yeah, you're not going to do something. So you're going to try to work with him starting there to create some cap space. He's going to want to see this team improve. Quarterbacks do work with teams on restructuring deals, of course, that benefit them, but give their teams the needed cap relief that they need to bolster their roster that season and to kick the bill down the road. That's what Dak is going to try to do. That's what the Cowboys are going to try to do. He is going to be starting point A when it comes to trying to find more cap space while at the same time trying to cash in himself. And that's the problem that Sunday's game leaves everybody with, right? What do you do? Because nobody's stock is higher after that playoff performance. That's exactly right. Okay, I'm not going to play the sound bites here because I just don't want to waste any of the time that I have with Shefty. But suffice it to say that several of the Eagles' biggest stars uh, yesterday, including Jalen Hurts and Fletcher Cox, were very, very vocally, strongly supporting their coach, Nick Sirianni. But all remains quiet in Philadelphia, Shefty. What do we know about Nick Sirianni's uh, status with the Eagles? Well, at some point, he's going to meet with the Philadelphia Eagles owner, Jeffrey Lurie, and that ultimately will be the meeting that helps determine his fate. Now, again, the Eagles are acting and have been saying that Nick Sirianni is going to be back, and he very well might be. But until we hear that from the owner, and until the owner signs off on that, we do not know that officially because it's going to be Jeffrey Lurie's decision. Jeffrey Lurie is the same coach who fired Doug Peterson 
few seasons after winning the Super Bowl. He's the same coach who fired Chip Kelly shortly after he was hired. So you don't know what Jeffrey Lurie is thinking. He didn't look pleased with the way the game went Monday night. How could he be? And so until Nick Sirianni sits down with Jeffrey Lurie and they discuss their ideas and discuss their vision for the team moving forward, we don't know what the final conclusion will be. The Eagles have said all along, hey, we've gone to the playoffs three straight years. We're not making a move. And I loved, loved the way that the players defended the head coach mm-hmm. yesterday. That was the right way to handle it. You could see how emphatic somebody like Fletcher Cox was. But still, it comes down to that conversation with Nick Sirianni and Jeffrey Lurie and what Jeffrey Lurie wants to do. Exactly. And, and I'm going to quote my friend Kimberly Martin, who said on this show the other day, people are only as loyal as their options. And, and this year, again, Shafty, as we pointed out earlier, the options might include Bill Belichick, and they might include Jim Harbaugh, and they might include Mike Vrabel. We're talking about a very unusual year of coaching candidates. So let me sort of segue to them with Philadelphia still on the brain here. A lot of us, I know a lot of the Eagle fans, are hoping that the Eagles will call Bill Belichick. What do we know about Belichick right now at this point in his process as we, as we await to see where he winds up coaching next year? He's a coaching free agent, and the one meeting that we've known he has taken so far is with the Atlanta Falcons. And what we know about the Atlanta Falcons is that the Falcons owner, Arthur Blank, has taken multiple repeated big swings at high-profile coaches and never really landed one. He tried to hire Nick Saban a few different times. He tried to hire Joe Gibbs. He tried to hire Bill Parcells. He's tried to hire a lot of decorated coaches. None is any more decorated than Bill Belichick, whom he's already met with. And so that, to me, would seem to be the team that seems most interested in Bill Belichick, unless there's a job like the Eagles that happens to open, which we're still waiting to hear, and there's nothing there yet. So Bill's a coaching free agent. He headlines the list. Atlanta's the one team right now that we know is in play. And then Jim Harbaugh takes a backseat to no one, uh, considering, you know, the, the couple of weeks that he's had there. What do we know about his process? He's met with two teams. He's met with the Chargers. He's met with the Falcons. Now, the Chargers are a team that, to me, has identified him, and I think he's right near, if not, at the top of their list. And the question is whether they can get something done with Jim, who's spoken in the past with the Vikings two years ago about going to the NFL. It didn't happen. With the Broncos last year, it didn't happen. This seems to be the year with everything that he's accomplished at Michigan, with him taking that school to a national championship, with the NCAA coming after him, with the talent leaving from Michigan, with the appeal that the Chargers job would have. The Chargers are a family-run team by the Spanos family. Jim Harbaugh is very into family. It's very important for him. And John Harbaugh said this week on my podcast, if I don't mind saying so myself right now, <laughs> he said that Jim Harbaugh has turned into the best team builder in sports. And that if you want somebody to build your team, and the Chargers certainly can use that, look no further than Jim Harbaugh. That's one of the main appeals that he now has. What he could do if he were to go into a place like the Chargers. They need him. He loves Justin Herbert, as we know, Greeny. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be certainly a match there that's waiting to happen if the two sides can figure out a way to make a deal there. 
That's the Adam Schefter Podcast. Download, rate, and review right now, wherever you get your podcast. (laughs) You're the best, Shefty. Thank you so much for the insight this morning. And obviously, we will be eagerly anticipating uh, all morning long any further updates that you have. Okay, we will react to all of that as we continue. But first, Mahomes versus Allen. It's the week's biggest game and a rivalry rising in the ranks. We'll tell you why there's a lot more at stake for Josh Allen than you may think. Plus, it's time for That Boy Bad this morning. Harry's going to give us a little teaser, give us a little flair. Yeah, Todd Bowles and their defense, man, they were able to have three sacks. They forced the safety. They stopped the tush push. Huh? How many times have you seen somebody stop the tush push? Zero. He was putting defense alignment at linebacker, confusing the offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was blitzing all night long. So, D.O., Greeny, Todd Bowles, that boy, bang. We'll be right back. I'm feeling the love today. You feeling the love? Everybody feeling the love. You know why? Because that boy bad. (laughs) Harry has created the move that is sweeping (laughs) the nation. That boy bad, take it away. Well, I got to love Jones. I got to love Jones. So let's start with Jordan Love and the way he balled out. To me, his pocket presence, he can throw off any platform that you put him on. You see him right here, the Romeo Dobbs. But I like this touchdown, huh? bro. Oh, my huh? goodness. Controlled the line of scrimmage. Oof. Baited the Dallas Cowboys to show him the coverage. We're still able to get it done. Then we call this a little rail route. Tight end, wide open. But he played in Dallas. Yes. And there's a guy named Dirk Nowitzki who has this one-legged step back, right? Huh. Well, damn, Jordan loved it. Brought it to the football field <laughs> with the one-legged passes that he consistently does. Because Jordan loves that boy. And oh, we going to another young phenom. We call him C.J. Stroud. Watch how the defender coming down the barrel, the middle of his body, and he still keep his poise and throws the ball to Nico Collins. Shout out to Nico Collins, really stepping up for Tank Dale. Screen pass right here. We see a touchdown, but I like this one right here. We used to call this route Squirrel. He rolls to the right. He gets the entire defense to bait to the right. But he throws it back across his body. A nice little rainbow. CJ Stroud, that boy bad. And last but not least, last night I ate some Asian food. So I ate some rice. So Rasheed Rice was balling out against the Miami Dolphins. If Patrick Mahomes don't trust you, Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs won't throw you the ball. So guess what? He trusts Rasheed Rice. Third and seven. Stretched the ball out. Got the first down. Third and ten. Was able to be there for for Fat Patrick Mahomes. And then Rasheed Rice almost was shy of a thousand yards this season. He came this close. But in my opinion, Rasheed Rice, that boy bad. Keep making plays, young man. Outstandingly done. As always, keep sending your that boy bads in on Twitter. We will keep an eye on all of those and keep playing them on the show. In the meantime, let's talk about this weekend's games and let's focus on the last that will be played. Look at the numbers. When Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have met in the playoffs the two previous times. Now, of course, Mahomes has won both games. Both of them were played in Kansas City. This time, Allen gets the game in Orchard Park. I'm calling it the trilogy between these two heavyweights. And so, Dan, I've been making the point all week. To me, this is the most important game of Josh Allen's career. I think he has so much 
at stake here. He wanted to be considered one of the truly elite, legendary quarterbacks. This is the game he's got to win. Show me some tape. Yeah, biggest moment of his career. The most pressure that he's been under in his career. He's going against one of the best defenses in football. Dalton Kincaid and the connection that he has it's really emerged, and everyone was like, well, Steph's not getting the football enough. The diversity of the offense has become a big part. I love when they put both of them on the field. This is a sixth offensive lineman. They go a little bit of play action. It makes sure that the pocket is clear. Then Kincaid is the guy that they're trying to create matchups for. Deep crosser. Josh has such a understanding and trust that he's like, I'm throwing it there, but I'm looking away, creating an even bigger window for him to throw the football to. And then those one-on-one 50-50 balls, he's got great trust with them. I love when they empty them out because then Josh is going to go here. I go, I start with Steph again, moving defenders, not to necessarily read or get the ball to Steph. It's like, I'm trying to open up windows for Kincaid. I love the fact that once he clears the backer, peeks back for the football from Josh Allen, that's that connection that was such a necessary thing for this offense. And again, both tight ends on the field. Kincaid now is by himself up top. Steph is on the inside. If they play one safety in the middle of the field, Ball's going to Dalton Kincaid every single time. If they play two or they shade towards Dalton Kincaid, the ball go inside to Steph. This is why the Kincaid part matters. When I talk about him by himself, who does that remind us of? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, mm. yep. That's exactly what the Chiefs, when they were in their heyday, they would take Travis Kelsey by himself, put it there, and him and Patrick had that connection. That's exactly where Josh Allen and Dalton Kincaid are. If, if Buffalo's going to win this game – Kincaid has to be the primary target for Josh Allen. Something to watch for on Sunday with a 6.30 kick in Orchard Park. So you were once upon a time, Kimberly, a columnist Mm -hmm. in Buffalo. If you were today writing the story of what is at stake for Josh Allen in this game on Sunday, what would you say? Is he ready to enter the conversation of being a Pat Mahomes rival? Because let's be honest, Joe Burrow is hurt. You know, you don't know how the season would have turned out if Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals end up in the playoffs. But Joe Burrow has had success against both these quarterbacks. It's not a rivalry if you're always getting beat. Mm -hmm. So this is an opportunity for Josh Allen, a guy who in the preseason on this show, I said Josh Allen is under the most pressure of any quarterback heading into the season because we there's no question about his talent. He's so good. We have lofty expectations. He is good enough to win Super Bowls. But this is the guy that's been standing in his way. Now he gets Patrick Mahomes on his home turf. And in week one, I sat down with Josh Allen. And he said, I know what everybody says about me. I do not care. But we also talked about how the last four years, how the Bills have had heartbreaking, Mm. heartbreaking losses in the playoffs, starting with the Houston Texans all the way up to last year against the Bengals. This is his moment to take advantage of it. I think he will. But he has to do it. I think his biggest ally is offensive coordinator Joe Brady. Some of those plays that you drew up, the touchdown to Kincaid, I love having Steph in the slot too high. You have him going vertical, have another Very corner simple, route right? and take him out one-on-one with the linebacker. But the first time they played the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, you send a receiver in motion, so now it's four, uh, four strong to the left side. And the safety has to come down and take the motion man. Now you can't have James Cook out of the backfield down the seam route for a touchdown. These type of things – benefit Josh Allen. And I think secondly, in the past, when you've seen these teams match up in the playoffs, we've seen Kansas City be able to consistently rush the football. We have not from the Buffalo Bills. This year's different. And I think Joe Joe Brady has, has brought that to this offense. And now going into this matchup, 
you have that run game if you're Josh Allen that you can lean on. Now, there are going to be moments where you have to be Superman, but that run game, and Josh Allen is a part of that run game, I think that, that can be valuable in this matchup. There's a lot of keys to this football game. One of the most important aspects for Buffalo to win is Josh and his competitiveness. If they don't settle Josh down early in this game, that's when he gets wild and loose. And that's when he has some of those turnovers that people sit there and Booger McFarlane's tweeting, ooh, ooh, ooh. Why you gotta do our man Boog like that? I, I can't stand Boog like that. <laughs> I, I FaceTime him. So that's a huge part of, of the game. Is like, can, can they settle him in? Because once he gets settled in, that's when he becomes Superman. When he becomes Superman. But when he goes into, I have to be Superman, he gets himself in trouble. And, and, I, and I think Joe Brady's done a good job of that of late, though. Correct. Like, calming him down. Be, but I think it's because the utilization of other weapons on this team. Agreed. Because you mentioned Dalton Kincaid. Dawson Knox was his guy. The two tight ends, having James Cook. Because I remember talking to Ken Dorsey about, you know, st- early in the season, Stefan Diggs, how do you get him the football? And he's like, we have a lot of mouths to feed. But it's clear the offense looks different. And we're wondering, people are wondering, like, is Stefan happy? What's going on? No, I think Steph is good right. when we see the offense is functioning yeah. and guys are and, getting open and yep. scoring touchdowns. And people, like, only care about results. They, we just had a conversation all morning about Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys, and Dak was unbelievable this season, played MVP football. But mm-hmm. – I don't view it this way, but people will look at it and go, well, Josh is great, but can't beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. And we'll sit there and go, he threw for 350 yards, but he lost, just like he did a couple years ago. So the, the, the reality is by far the most pressure, this is the most expectations, this is the best football team in totality, top to bottom, that he's had when it comes to that's offensive fair, though. support. That's fair. It's, it's about results. Now, I'm not comparing the two quarterbacks as sure. far as talent, Sure. but when you at the end of the day, yeah. it is about – if you, are, if you are talented enough to win a Super Bowl, if the team is stacked enough now, this weekend, the Bills' injuries are another big sure. key. But if Josh Allen is more than capable of taking this team to a Super Bowl, but he's got to do it. Well, I, I think the injuries defensively for this football team are huge. Because oh, you have, the Bills, you have yes. two players that, that play a significant role remember, in Karen Johnson and, and Terrell Bernard. You remember two or three years ago the um, Rams Super Bowl run? Yeah. And I said if Stafford played three clean weeks of football, he would completely change the narrative about his career. Right. I feel the very same way about Josh. And Allen could do that when he's still in his 20s as opposed to Stafford doing it after all of those years. No, look, to me – Patrick, it's, it's Mahomes' league, but the league is defined by great quarterback rivalries. There were three contenders to that. There were three guys who could re- realistically stake a claim Joe. to that. Joe Burrow was one, yep. and he has beaten Mahomes in his building in the playoffs. Yep. Lamar Jackson is another. He's going to win his second MVP. He may win the Super Bowl this year. Allen is the third, but he's got the least stuff on the wall Resume. to prove it. Yes. Sure. I think he's the best of the players, but he has to prove it, and this is his chance. That's what's at stake for him. In the meantime, Mike Mack is back. <laughs> Despite all the flack oh. and his whack attack, which got shellacked by the pack, did they get this one right? We'll talk about it next. Click, clack. <laughs> 